Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So this song is talking about our journey, right, from fear to love. It starts off, fear, you're just another name that I have learned. I love that type of affirmation. You're just another name that I have learned, right? You're just another name that I have learned for all the stuff that I can look at out there and go, oh, yes, my relationship to that stuff out there is one of fear (sighs) and hope. Now, Now, you've heard what I have to say about hope, right? Having only positive expectations, because that is how I am reframing hope in my own life. Because here's the thing. Um, in, 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 uh, in New Thought, one of, the, one of the magnificent writers in the New Thought world was Ernest Holmes. He was the founder of another branch of the philosophy that became a religion, which I don't really like saying that we are a religion, but we've kind of structured ourselves as a religion. But Ernest Holmes said, hope is good, it's better than despair. But, he says, it's an unconscious compromise with spiritual truth. It's an unconscious compromise that we make. If we are at the place of hope, then there is the possibility for failure. Now, here's the thing. I want to acknowledge that that may be where some of us are right now, and that's okay. It's okay to be in the place of hope because this thing called spirituality is a journey. And we are learning every single day practices in that journey. So if hope is where you are, know that you are on the path to love. You are on the path to love in such a magnificent, deep way that I believe we will all awaken to that understanding that Mary offered that that's it. That's the secret of the universe. Love. That's it. So fear, hope, right? all looking at the decisions we have made and acknowledging that those decisions are the things that got us to right where we are. How many of you are happy with that? Oh, like just a couple. A smattering like, oh, yes, I'm very happy with where I am. Yes. Everybody else is going, I don't know. (laughs) You weren't expecting me to ask the question, so that's okay. I sometimes can look back on my life with regret. And if that's the paradigm that I'm approaching my experience with, well, then the things that got me here are not so much fun. But that's a choice. It's a choice. I don't believe that we are relegated to be tied to those decisions. We get to change, not the past, because we cannot change the past, but we can change our present. We can change our relationship to those things. I've got a hair that's like right there. We can change our present by releasing the grip that the past can have on us. And that's the value of spiritual practice. It is one of those things that we can engage in to release that grip that the past has on us. Now, one of the practices that I have offered in the past, and I'm going to talk about a practice that I offered in 2013. Um, I also offered this in, it was probably 2000. 18 or 19, and I look at William because William had a real reaction to this practice when I offered it back in the day. The practice is this. Spend a week saying yes to everything. (laughs) Remember that one, William? Spend a week saying yes to everything. 
And so in 2013, when I first offered this practice, I got a call from a colleague of mine, and he said, come with me to Guatemala. (laughs) And I thought to myself, no. (laughs) It was a volunteer trip to go there and, and serve as a volunteer. But acknowledging that I had to walk the talk, I said yes. I said, yes, that was in 2013. We went in 2014, and um, it was an extraordinary trip. I have, I have been back an, another time beyond that, and I look forward to going back to serve in this community, um, which is a really special community. And I've talked about you know, my experiences there in, in messages that I've given in the past because it's a community of children who are, are in a boarding school. You know, some of them are orphans, but they don't like it when we say that it's an orphanage. Uh, but it's also serving the greater community in this area of Guatemala that is drastically underserved. It affords these children the opportunity to go to school five days a week in a country where most children only get to go to school one day a week because the rest of the time they have to work. That's the, that's the life that they have there, right? So we're there and supporting the school and doing the work that we do. Um, and I want to say it's not, with a, it's not with this idea that we're there to save them in any way. It's there to support their well-being in whatever way we can. Not to say that we have anything over them that, you know, oh, if they come to our way of being, they're going to, you know, be something. That was not the point at all. It's about saying, we see you, and we want to support you. Now, the vision that we have here at Unity, the vision that we have here, right, a world awakened to its magnificence, that's the kind of vision that inspires me to take conscious action to take conscious action. That's where the rubber hits the road, right? When we take conscious action. It's where we begin to spiritualize the intellect in the activities that we do, and we stop intellectualizing the spirit. Our work here is to spiritualize the intellect in such a way that it motivates us into action, motivates us into that place of mission, So the spiritual philosophy that we teach requires action. Nobody ever likes to hear that. They're like, oh, I have to work at this? Yeah, but here's the thing that I know. If it is not impelling action within you to adopt a spiritual philosophy, then what are you doing? What are you doing? I'd ask myself that question because I came to this philosophy early on very intellectually. It's a, it's, a, it's a very appealing philosophy for the intellect, intellectuals, right? It's like, oh, I get to learn something. I get to read books. And I get to look at those books and say, oh, what a lovely book. <laughs> but as I talked about in class on, on Wednesday, this, this means nothing until we drop from the intellect to the heart and we allow it to allow the heart to spiritualize the intellect, and that's what leads us into activity. It is not enough to simply think and believe. We must act upon those thoughts and beliefs. We teach a philosophy that says, change your thinking, change your life. Change your beliefs, change your life. Well, the thing is, once you have changed your thoughts and beliefs, the change your life part is the activity. And so we must move forward, I believe, and what I teach is that it is ours to move forward with magnificent intention in our lives. Now, if we are relying solely on the intellect, intention is simply a good idea because intention implies action. The mentor of my mentor, 
minister named Dr. David Walker, defined intention in this way. He said once, if I decide that I'm going to go to the movie, it's a good idea. It's a good idea until I actually get up off the couch, go get in my car, drive to the movie theater, buy my ticket, go in and get my popcorn, go in and sit down and enjoy the movie. That's how he said that's a good idea moving into intention when you actually follow through. Our work is to follow through on who we say we are, which is infinite love, infinite light, infinite life. If we say we are magnificent, how does that inform our intention? How does that inform our experience? I mean, we've heard no risk, no reward. You ever hear that? Ah, but the risk we take, I believe, must be rooted in that belief. In that infinite, unchangeable place of spiritual truth that we can adopt as our belief. And when we do that, we develop, and I'm going to use some jargon here, jargon words. We develop a mental equivalent. A mental equivalent. Now, a mental equivalent is simply the divine idea that shows up in form. That form out there is the construct of a mental equivalent, which is just an idea. And ideas are the substance of life. Now, equivalent in this philosophy was defined by Charles Fillmore in this way. Our demonstrations are equivalent to the power and illumination contained in our realizations. We receive according to our capacity to receive. We receive according to our capacity to receive. You see some words up there that perhaps make it a little convoluted because we love our jargon. Every philosophy loves its jargon, right? I want to talk about demonstrations real quick. Demonstration is the expression in form that is the answer to the prayer. That's what a demonstration is. The expression in form, which is the answer to the prayer. A realization is the inner conviction that the prayer is answered. That is faith. So the realization is that which is within. The demonstration is that which flows forth from the realization into actuality. So we receive according to our capacity to receive is simply stating that we demonstrate according to our capacity to realize. We express according to the capacity of our inner conviction that a prayer is answered. That's faith. That's faith. So what is ours to do? That's really the question that comes up for me. What is ours to do? Our only work is to realize. Our only work is to realize, to allow ourselves to move to that place of inner conviction. And I believe that place of inner conviction, if we are rooted in love, forgiveness, and that remembering who we are, then the action that flows forth creates a magnificent demonstration of life. We claim here every single week, I am magnificent. Check in with yourself. How deeply do you believe that? When, when I ask everyone in this room to say, I am magnificent, is there some little thing happening in the back of your mind that doubts at all? That's the work to be done. 
to let that doubt be revealed and then allow it to be overtaken by your faith. A great big world, I said before, is a duo. Um, A guy named Ian Axel and Chad King, and they met in musical theater school, and they realized that they had this capacity to write music together that was something they wanted to you know, explore. So they ended up, I think they ultimately left musical theater school uh, because they started writing music together and then they had this hit and then they went on tour and you know, the, the things that happen when you're successful in the music industry in that particular way. Well, Chad King, part of this duo, um, in 2007 was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, in his early 20s. Early 20s. And the the diagnosis at the time was that he would be paralyzed, fully paralyzed within seven years from this course of MS. But he believed in an alternate option. And he demonstrated that realization guided by infinite wisdom. And now, what is this, 15 years later, he is still fully mobile, still creating music, still living a most extraordinary life in spite of what he was told. So that's a demonstration. And I think things like that, that's what so many of us want. We want to demonstrate, right? But it takes conviction, it takes courage, it takes faith, and ultimately it takes love. And that's the enigma. That's the enigma. We often place our focus on creating something out there. We often place our focus on the form. How am I going to manipulate or, co- or coerce the form into being what I want it to be? And we often forget that we have an inner GPS, a God providing system. And that God-providing system, that GPS, impels us into action, to know what it is that is in support of our most magnificent expression. We've been living in a very unique, well, unless you were in the 1918 Spanish flu, uh, if you experienced that, which I don't think anybody in here did, we've been living through a very interesting and unique experience Experience for a lot of us these past couple of years. And oftentimes I think we're looking to manipulate the form out there rather than knowing who we are to such a degree that we are led through love to the experience of the demonstration of healing and health. But we so want to take care of that out there. Now, this does require inner wisdom to know what is ours to do because the experience is not separate from God. If we believe that anything is separate from God, well, that's where potential disaster lies because there is nothing separate from God. Nothing at all. Our work is to demonstrate love through the realization of love. Love is not derived Health is not derived. Joy is not derived from anything out there. It is reflected by that which is here. 
love, health, joy. It's all active impulse that can motivate us forward. It's all active impulse that can motivate us forward. Mother Teresa wrote, love begins at home. And it's not how much we do, but how much love we put into the action. And so if we are looking to demonstrate something in the world of our experience, it's around looking within and finding how much love can I infuse in this good? How much love can I infuse? How much love can I put into this good and let it flow forth as action? So the enigma in wanting love is acknowledging that love is already here, right here within each and every one of us. It is the secret of the universe. And our desire is fulfilled in expressing that which is within rather than trying to compel it into being. So let us take this to the world. Let us take this to the world. Let us take to the world that we are not here to compel the world into being a better place, but to make our own lives so much more fulfilling through a reflection of our inner love that that in and of itself makes the world a better place. It's like Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. Be the love you wish to see in the world. Be the light you wish to see in the world. Be the life you wish to see in the world. The creative resource at the center of our being, that's God, is working all the time. All the time. And you know what? We are at choice. Like I said before, we are at choice in terms of how to let that work flow forth in the expression and experience of our lives. We are at choice to be aligned with the inner resource and let those actions follow. Have the desire. Have the desire. Believe that it can be. Act upon that belief and deepen your realization that the desire, the belief, and the action are backed by an infinite power of creation. And that is how we make our lives better. That is my blessing today, to understand that so deeply that I get to share it with you. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. So the homework today is not to say yes to everything. (laughs) Darn. (laughs) But here's what I do want you to do. I want you to say yes to things this week that bring up fear in you. Say yes to things this week that bring up fear in you. Tell your fear that your love is greater. That's the homework this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.